Good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? Okay, let me tell you what that sounded like. Good morning, everybody. Now, we're here to celebrate our Lord. Good morning, everybody. All right, that's how we do it. All right. All right, let's worship. Here we go. All right, come on, everybody. Stand up with me. Here we go. That's why we're here today. We're here to worship our Lord and uh, on our God and, and just to, to enjoy our beautiful day that we have today. What a wonderful day we have. And uh, our God will reign forever and ever. Amen, right? Amen. All right, so I'm going to get the next song set up. This is a, uh, a song that I uh, came across uh, this week when I was uh, looking at songs, and I really like this one. And... Uh, because we're outside, I have things that 
that below, you know, so I kind of have to take a minute here to set the song up. Let's hope God doesn't want to blow the wind right now, right? Okay. This is a song called The Goodness of God, and um, I don't know if you've ever heard this on any of the, the Christian stations, but I've heard this and I, I really like it. And uh, so it's called The Goodness of God. Thought I'd do a little guitar for you today, right? God, he's running after me, right? Amen. We'd be in trouble if he didn't. Your goodness is running after, running after me. Oh, yeah. The goodness of God. Absolutely. Amen for sure. All right, great things. So we introduced this uh, the other day. Maybe, I'm sure you've heard this before, but uh, the other day we did this one, and I thought this was a neat song. So let's do it. It's called Great Things. 
Alright, come on. Help me out. We do all kinds of music here at this church. Here we go. worship our King. Come, let us bow at the feet. He has done great things. Now, right? Come, see what He has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. All the heroes of heaven, He conquered the grave. Every chain of God, He has done great things. Dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, oh your name is lifted high. Oh God, you have done great things. worship our King. Come let us bow at your feet. He has done great things. He and the Savior has done. See what His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, dear of heaven, you conquered the grave. Every chain, oh God, you have done great things. And we dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Jesus, Savior, your name, but then I, oh God, you have done great things. Hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. Free every captive and break every chain, oh God, you have done great things. Jesus, the Savior, awake and alive, you danced into heaven, your name lifted high, oh God, you have done great things. Hey, we'll be back in a bit. We're going to have some announcements and tell you everything that's happening in the church. And grab your seat. And Charles, you are up. It's good to see everybody. Uh, anyways, welcome to church on Sunday, Church on the Lawn. We're so thankful to Ron for helping us lead us in worship and get us in the right spirit. Um, so thank you, Ron. Uh, we just have a few announcements. Uh, one, I just wanted to let everyone know uh, we were having some issues with the YouTube live stream uh, every week. Uh, Facebook and YouTube reconfigured things, so it took us a few weeks uh, to fix everything uh, to get that working again. But it's working, and we should be able to do that every week. I just wanted to address that and let everyone know uh, that we were just having some technical difficulties the last three weeks. Um, but this week at 12.30, my mom and dad are going to be teaching the elementary and toddler lesson on Facebook. Now, for many of you, you may not know, my mom and dad actually started in ministry together in children's church. That's actually where they started. So for those of you involved in children's church, you never know, you may end up being a pastor and a pastor's wife someday. <laughs> um, but they're going to be teaching on all of my body. And it's just such a timely lesson for all the kids about how we're supposed to serve the Lord with all of our bodies. Um, and there's going to be a special appearance by King, none other than King David, all right? So get really excited. Even some of the adults may want to watch this one. Um, Sully is going to be teaching on YouTube Live today at 1230. And Karen, uh, they're going to be teaching about out of the shadow. And the thing is, is on this topic, sometimes the enemy will put us in condemnation. 
And a lot of times that condemnation is what keeps us from following what God, his plan for us in our lives. So what we want to do is we just want to get rid of that condemnation because there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ. So walk out of the shadow and walk out of the condemnation. So that's what the youth are going to be learning about today. Then also we're going to be doing, starting on October 6th, that's this Tuesday, we're going to be doing uh, my mom and dad. Uh, my mom has retired officially. She retired on Wednesday. She's like, I don't know what to do with myself. She's like, I'm, I'm getting used to it. She's like, I keep getting like these uh, like uh, post-traumatic stress disorder where she's like these phantom like, you know, uh, panic attacks or something where she thinks she has to do something. So just pray for her that she adjusts to her new lifestyle and she's able to calm down and, you know, be, um, be at peace. But uh, she and my dad are going to be here on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 to 2. If you need prayer, if you want to just talk, if you have Bible questions, we really want to keep you connected to the church um, and uh, just be in fellowship with you, help you with whatever challenges you're having. We can even have a socially, you can even have a socially distanced lunch with them in the parking lot. So come from 10 to 2. Just call ahead and let them know you're coming. Uh, so that way uh, they won't have anything else scheduled during that time. And then if you want prayer for healing, you can come Thursday at 2 o'clock. And we're offering prayer for healing. A bunch of people actually have been coming already and have been getting healed here at the church on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which is amazing. Praise God. I mean, Jerry was just here on Thursday and... Um, we prayed for his knee, and I was like, there's a video. I was in shock. He was, like, walking uh, without his cane. I've never seen him walk so good before. So definitely make use of that because uh, we're, we're definitely, we want to be here for you even during the pandemic. Um, and then also I wanted to just mention the election is coming up. My dad sent out an email uh, just to give you guys some resources to help you. Uh, we have a side-by-side -side comparison of the party platforms and the presidential candidates. You can get, there's some handouts here on the lawn, and my dad emailed out electronic versions for you at this front table. You can pick them up. Um, then also, uh, we want to direct you to Decision Magazine. Uh, I think the uh, website should be coming up here on the broadcast. It's decisionmagazine.com. You can get, uh, you can read the whole issue, and it talks about what's at stake in this current election. You know, federal courts, the unborn, uh, the family, religious liberty. Uh, you can also, um, it's really important also that you uh, learn about your local and state uh, races. A lot of times those officials are the ones who determine whether or not we can reopen the church inside safely. Uh, so you can go to another good resource is electionforum.com. Uh, that should be coming up on the broadcast as well for people at home. Uh, so that way you can learn about you know, your local races, your state races, uh, some of the judicial candidates, which are also important. Then also you can go for the propositions to savecalifornia.com. That should be down below me on the broadcast as well. And I'll give you just some reasoning from a biblical perspective. We can't endorse any candidates, but we can give you resources and voter guides from a biblical perspective. It's so important that we are applying biblical principles in every area of our life, including in the political arena. Um, so, yeah, I hope those resources are helpful. And... Please go out and vote. If you haven't registered to vote, the deadline is October 19th to register to vote. And then lastly, giving online. You can go to newheartforyou.com. I think the website should be here on the broadcast below me for everyone at home. newheartforyou.com slash give dash online. If you want to give your tithes, you can drop it off in the blue, in the red box. Sorry, not blue, in the red box on church uh, here at the welcome table. And then also you can mail a check to 380 East Covina Boulevard, uh, Covina, California, 91722. Um, so this week we have Sully, who's going to do the youth sermon for us real quick. And next week we have a special guest, so please come. Uh, someone from Samaritan's Purse is going to be coming. We're going to be doing the Samaritan's Purse uh, boxes because you still have to go to Walmart into the store to get goods, so why not get something for a child overseas? Um, so that way they can learn about the gospel. So come, stay tuned next week for that. So we're going to have a special guest next week. And now Sully is going to be doing the uh, youth sermon. Good morning, everyone. I got a short and sweet one for you today. Okay, this is, this is going to be purely from my heart and also hopefully from the Bible. But it's a joke because there's a lot of verses here. But um, I want to talk to you about love. And this is especially directed, of course, to the youth. Um, but anyone can take this, even a child, adult. But this is... This is a topic that we talk about all the time, 
I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach, and I want to start off with a verse, okay? Proverbs 3, 3 to 4. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and good name in the sight of God. You know, I, when I think of love, I think of um, like a famine, okay? And the reason I think of a famine is because in a famine, there's a single resource, not a single, but a main resource that's super scarce. Anyone want to guess what that food is? I just said it. The resource is food. And so in a famine, when we have a scarce resource like food, it's ironic because we, I mean, we need it the most, right? And so I feel as though with love, love is also like we are constantly in a famine. It is the most important thing that we need for each other. And specifically, what I'm talking about here is love for one another, yet it is scarce. Yet a lot of us don't have it. And especially in these times, the reason I'm bringing uh, to, uh, this to you today is because of everything that's going on politically, everything that's going on socially, psychologically, what we're going through right now as not only a country but the world, we need to love one another more than ever before. And so God teaches us to love, but we never ask why. Why do we love? You know, we, we can always back up our answer biblically and say, you know, we love God because, or sorry, we love because God tells us to love. But if you, if you talk to someone who's not a believer, that's not a good answer for them. So the question is why? Why do we, why do we love others blindly? Or is it really blindly? Well, firstly, we love because his love is made complete in us. First John 4.12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Here's the thing. The more we learn to love is the more God, we will learn about God's love for us. And the more we learn about God's love for us, the more we learn to love. And it's this paradox that we just going, that we keep going through in circles. And especially as youth, if we learn to love early, then we learn what God's love is for us early. And then we learn to love even more and more earlier. And secondly, we love because it fulfills the law of God. In Romans 13, 8, it says, uh, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. And this signifies that we are not only loving others, but we are in obedience to God because God commands us in the Old Testament. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not like a, hey, bro, you know, make sure you love your neighbor. No, it's like, hey, love your neighbor. This is my command. This is my uh, mandate to you. And so when we follow that command to love one another and in our youth, when we love the people who hate us, the people who have different views than us, then we are simply in obedience uh, to God. And thirdly, we love because it covers a multitude of sins. First Peter 4, 8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Loving us does not only impact others, but it actually relieves us of the anxiety and the pain that unforgiveness yields in our lives. And I know you guys already know that as, as adults, but us as, as youth, we need to learn that when we are not forgiving towards others, it's really only damaging us. The other person's going to sleep fine at night. They're probably going to go play their video games, not care about us, watch a movie. But for us, we're the one thinking about it. We're the one uh, ruminating over it. And we're the one that's lacking in love. And so when you love others, you are actually inadvertently helping yourself. I mean, that's not the intention, but that's a good benefit. When we love, we see past sins. We see past the pain others have caused us. And we see past disagreements especially political ones, and we see past the things of the flesh. And that's what's key here is that we are not people of flesh. We are people of spirit. We are people of God. And so if we are people of God, we have to live by the standard of God. And that standard of God is simply put into one word throughout the entire Bible, and it's love. And I want to end uh, with a poem, actually. It's not my poem. I wish it was, but it's a little bit of a cheesy poem. But in this poem, I want you to notice those three points are actually mentioned in this poem. And I found it a little while ago, and I thought it would be appropriate to share with you. Love can always conquer whatever discord brings. And love can always cover a multitude of things. Don't you underestimate what love can do. For love is God eternal, and his love can renew. Please don't give up on love when it seems that all is lost, for there is always hope if we're prepared to pay the cost. 
For love is always worth it, no matter how much the price. For love will be much stronger when we trust in Jesus Christ. So let God have full reign. Let him love within your heart. Then you will know true love. And then you will learn where to start. Amen. So today on this song before the pastor comes up, I thought I would solicit everybody out in the audience to be my rhythm section. Okay, so you've got these things on your, on your arms called your hands, and we're going to do this, like this. Now, a little bit louder. All right, keep it going. Just keep it moving. Keep it going. All right, here we go.
we're gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to our We have the victory in Jesus. Amen. I just feel the spirit of the Lord is here. And I think as I look around, I, I think you bear witness that God has given us victory in our hearts. No matter what we're facing, how, no matter how bad it looks, looks like things might be coming against us. God said, I have given you the victory. And we used to sing a song, don't wait for the battles over, shout now. <laughs> in other words, say, thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do, because we know you've already prepared victory for us. So just lift your hands up and just receive from the Lord his spirit of victory. I thank you, Father, that as we come together today, we know that we are winners. You, we are overcomers. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We give you praise and glory and honor. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding and direct us, directing us into the places we should be appropriating victory in every area of our lives. We're going to talk about that today. So everyone of the greed says, Amen. Glory to God. Well, during these difficult times, I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to share with your people? And he gave me a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Now, that's not just a saying, that's a promise and a commitment of the Lord. And it's amazing because why would he put that in there, that he would always cause us to triumph? You know, first of all, it's amazing that we would triumph. And second of all, he said we would always triumph. Now, how do we always triumph? Because I know sometimes in my life, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes yes, sometimes no. And it's hard to imagine that we would always triumph. But I like the part, the key part, which says God causes us to triumph. It's not in ourselves. It's in him. Now, I always like to win. Don't you like to win? Don't you? In sports, I like to win. Oh, okay, we win. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In school, I like to win. At work, I like to win. I like to get raises, promotions, all those things. I like to be on top. I like to be in the in crowd. Amen? You know that song? I'm in with the in crowd. I go where the in crowd goes. I do what the in crowd does. Yes, you got to be in with the in crowd. But I found out early on that I don't always win right away. I can remember when I was playing baseball for the first time as a 10-year-old in Little League, and opening day, they hit a long fly ball to me. No problem. I got it. I backhanded it, and I, like I did so many other times in practice. But I didn't realize that in an opening day, they gave you a new ball. It's all slippery, and it just slipped right out of my glove. And I was so dejected. Oh, the agony of defeat. Oh, no. Two runs score, and I'm not the hero, and I'm just, like, depressed, discouraged. I'm, it was traumatic. I mean, come on. I'm only 10 years old, okay? And th this was opening day. And so I went to the bench, and I was sad. And I was sad for not one inning, not two innings. Oh, the whole game I was sad. Finally, the coach had to take me out of the game. We can't have that kind of mood in here. And so at the very end of the game, my friend, my buddy, hits a three-run home run to win the game. I said, hooray. <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> it wasn't me, but okay, we won. But I learned then never to give up in the middle of the game. Don't give up. Just keep playing. You don't know what's going to happen. You could be the hero. Isn't that right? So I learned that in life as well. Not to give up. If things aren't going your way, just be patient because God has promised us, thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph. Now, in baseball, what is it? Three strikes, you're out. Is that right? In life, it's not three strikes, you're out. It's like you keep swinging until you hit the ball. The devil said three strikes, you're out. God said, no, no, I'm going to keep throwing the ball to you. 
and you're going to hit it one of these days. Sometimes it takes, you know, months or years, sometimes decades, but you will hit the ball and you will win. Praise God. You know, when you get turned down on a job, when you don't get that house you've been looking for, or that guy that you wanted to marry, or that girl you wanted to marry, don't give up. God will bring you the right person and the right job and the right house, whatever you need. I know Marianne just retired, and we were looking back in her career, and we were remembering that one time she wanted to transfer to a, a place at Kaiser closer to her house. So she met with the manager. It, she, it was a wonderful experience. Marianne's very qualified. And they got along famously. They hugged, and we thought, oh, okay, this is in the bag. But look, come to find out the woman hired somebody else. We, we were scratching our heads. Well, how could that be? We prayed. We believed. We had connection. But what we didn't realize is, well, the woman hired somebody that, was, that she could pay less. Wouldn't have to pay as much. But... In retrospect, looking back, it's better that she didn't take the job. She would have been under the scrutiny of a manager close to her. She wouldn't have had her own office. She would have to share. It would be uncomfortable. She'd have to be at work on time. Come on, talk to me. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. No. Okay. But she had liberty. She had, you know, freedom to work at home to do. So we thought, boy, I'm glad we didn't take that job. But God knew. Amen? So you can't give up. you got to keep believing. We've learned in life sometimes it doesn't seem like we're winning, but we have to keep on believing. Now, for you history buffs, anybody remember World War I? Sully? Okay. Did we win that war? Yes, we did. Okay. We had 50,000 casualties. We didn't stop fighting. In World War II, did we win that one? Yes. We had 400,000 casualties. But we keep on fighting. In life, we have casualties. We have situations that bring us down. But we can't give up. We have to say we're going to keep on fighting and watch God work in our behalf. Now, the Apostle Paul, he had some challenges in life that made it look like he wasn't winning. And here's what he wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9. He said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. You got trouble in your life? Does it feel like it's from every side? Don't be distressed. He said, we are perplexed. We're confused, but we're not in despair. You ever been that way where you're like, God, are you working in our, God, are you around? What's happening here? I'm confused. He said he was persecuted, but not forsaken. He said he was struck down, but not destroyed. Who wants to be like Apostle Paul? I, I don't. I don't want to sign up for that. That, that. That's a tough life right there. Now, it goes on. He says this. From the Jews, five times I received 39 stripes. Five times, 39 stripes. That means being whipped and scourged with a whip, tearing your back open. 39 strikes. Now, if I get a little cut on my finger, oh, well, come on now. Let's get the first aid kit. Let's call the hospital. Let's do something. This is ridiculous here. This, this pain is too much. But I can't imagine your whole back being laid open. 39 stripes, not once, not twice, five times. It goes on. He says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Not the kind of stone we're used to. We're talking about rocks being thrown at you, okay? Yeah, thank you. Uh, three times I was shipwrecked. You know, so when he went on a ship, it wasn't a luxury liner. He wasn't in first class. He was, <laughs> it was shipwrecked. Can you imagine getting on a ship? Is this thing going to, is this going to sink? <laughs> a night and a day he was in the ocean. I, I can't be in the ocean for longer than 20 minutes, but this, a whole night while it's cold. He said, I was in, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in peril, perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils of wilderness, the sea, false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst, in fastings, in cold and nakedness. But then he still writes, but thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. 
He didn't look at the difficulties. He didn't look at the situations he's facing. He said, I know God's going to bring me out of this. So we got to stop whining and complaining. Come on, talk to me about the situations we're facing because God is ready to be there for us and with us. Can I get an amen? Are you getting encouraged? Your life's not so bad compared to his, right? Who's a, who, anybody get whipped lately? No. But sometimes we get hard-pressed, don't we? The other day, on Monday, I was working at the computer. I was trying to do some church documents, and I was working with the IRS and EDD, and you know how long that takes. All day. You know, I needed this document. Okay, you go to this person. You got to wait for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and then, no, yeah, that's not just the wrong place. You got to call this place. And I'm going back and forth and trying to get this thing settled. And my wife came in. She goes, are you okay? I go, yes. I'm fine. I'm 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 focused. I'm I'm moving forward. I, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna win. I, I, God's gonna work for me here. This is gonna work. It, well, chill out a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. Then I thought, started to think. Wait a minute. I'm not trusting in the Lord as much as I should. I, Lord, what do you want me to do? How can I solve this issue quickly? He said, Call the main office of Foursquare. They probably have the forms that you need. And they'll send them to you. And I called them up, and sure enough, they had them. They, oh, yeah, we'll send them to you. I told them what my problem was, and they said, don't worry, Pastor Chuck. We'll take care of it for you. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, here I am fretting and stewing, but God was there with me. So God wants us to win, not just a little bit, but all the time. I, I, when I first got saved, I told the Lord, Lord, I don't want to be a mamsy-pamsy Christian. I don't want to be one that they just kick around and step on. And in the movies, they used to de de uh, depict Christians as just, you know, whatever, you know, uh, we'll just take, we'll just be abused and all that. But God wants us to be strong. He wants us to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, right? We're supposed to take authority over situations. So uh, I, did, I told God that, but what I didn't realize, that he already said, I want you to triumph. I want you to overcome in life. He, I want you to dominate, not in a bad way, but in a good way, over situations. Don't let them take you, but you take them. So we have an advantage in this world. We have Jesus. We're not alone. We have the Holy Spirit there to help us. The Bible says in Psalms 50, verse 15, you ready for this? Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Isn't that nice? If you're in trouble today, if you're facing situations that you can't handle, guess what? God said, call upon him and he will answer. The Bible says in Psalms 91, 15, he shall call upon me and I will answer. He's not going to put you on hold. He's not going to brush you. You ever, you ever call somebody or text somebody and they don't answer you? Is that the most frustrating thing that you ever heard? I mean, here, here you are, you're trying to make connection and, and get, you know, uh, something done and accomplished and nothing, blank, black hole. We don't have a black hole with God. He said, call upon me and I will answer. Amen. Well, you might say, I can't bear these trials and burdens alone. So in our distress, we call upon him. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And if he's overcome the world, we have overcome the world. Amen? You might say, well, I'm receiving some problems that are just too much for me to bear. Some trials are just too hard for me to try to navigate a way through. Some things that are coming up in our marriage that need to be settled Things in our family, our family's not getting along. They're upset. They're in unforgiveness. Lord, we need your help. Sometimes there's bitterness and unforgiveness in the family. You got to be the difference. You got to be the peacemaker. We can tell Jesus our distress, our sorrows, our confusion. Let me tell you, Jesus is there for us. You might tell him, my job is too stressful. I need peace. I need favor with the people that I'm working with and my bosses. You have to make it a practice to go to Jesus with your situations. We struggle too much to hold on to the things of ourselves, and we try to bear uh, our burdens. But Jesus said, you don't have to cast your cares upon me because I care for you. We think we can fix it somehow in our own strength, 
and our own might. But it's not our struggle alone to bear. We, are, we have a friend in Jesus. He cares for us. He said he will daily renew our strength in the face of adversity. We don't have to bear our burdens alone. Is that good news? You don't have to do it yourself. There's no challenge that we face that he can't handle it. He's the Lord over everything. There's nothing so terrible that he doesn't have the remedy for. He said he would not forsake us. He's the good shepherd, and he's there for our troubling heart. I encourage you to go to God with your problems. And he assured us that he would uphold us and he will rescue us when we fall. He will give you strength during your adversity. He'll give you tenacity to believe him and stand in God and in faith in Jesus. He will cause us to overcome all of our challenges because greater is he that's in us than he that it's in, in the world. Now, this is not just a saying. This is a commitment and a fact that God said that he's with us. You know, uh, my son was having a situation at work during the COVID. They told him, well, you know, we're in COVID time right now, so we're going to cut your salary, you know, to meet uh, our needs, not your needs, but our needs. And, and so my son has learned not to get too frantic about things, but just to trust in the Lord. And so he believed God didn't stop his tithing, kept tithing, believing God that God was going to work it out. So just this month they came and said, well, you know what? We've changed our minds. <laughs> We're going to raise your salary back up to where it was before. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then not only that, we're going to pay you back pay for all the monies that we took away from you for these last months. Well, glory to God. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. But if you're going to be sticking your head down and complaining, and God can't work with people like that. He, there, that there's no faith in that. Now, there's another scripture that's kin to that scripture that we talked about. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. It's in Romans 8.37. Uh, it's going to get a little exciting. Can you, can you handle it? It says uh, in that verse, we are more than conquerors to him that loved him. More, what does it mean to be more than a conqueror? I know what it means to conquer, but he said you'll be more than a conqueror. So I had to look that up. More than a conqueror means not only uh, achieve victory, but overwhelming victory. Overwhelming. In other words, when you go to a basketball game, the score would be 142 to 6. <laughs> I mean, the other team, they tried, but it was overwhelming defeat. We know they tried to put up a fight, but it was no match for the Lord in you, right? The win was beyond the scope of regular victory. So in life, we are more than victories. We face trials that, uh, that we face. But we know we have a mighty God that fights for us and with us. And so we are, when we approach the darkest value, valleys, we can approach them with confidence, knowing that God is going to work all things out together for our good. Now, I went a little further and looked into that definition of more than conquerors, and I found out it's really one word. Ready for the word? And you guys probably w will know this word. It's called uh, hooper, hooper or hypernasio. In the Greek, I, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I just looked it up. Okay, what it means is to conquer with the prefix over and beyond prevailing conquering. In other words, you don't just conquer, you wipe them out, okay? The, there might be a nation, you know, in those days that you had to overcome. They, you don't beat them and they come back at you. You beat them completely. You bring in the spoils, you bring in the king and all those that were opposed to you, and you march them down the street in a procession. You know, we have those kind of processions after we win a championship, when the Lakers win a championship or the Dodgers win a championship, in Jesus' name. <laughs> when the Lakers win, they have a, what, a parade, and thousands of people come out, and they just yell and scream, oh, yeah, we beat them. And Shaq gets on the mic, and what does he say? Can you dig it? <laughs> well, everybody's happy because we're winning, right? So the idea is that this is an absolute contest. We can celebrate the victory before it happens. So what do you do? You dance. You said hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Thank you, Lord, that we're more than conquerors who, to them who loves, uh, loves you. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you. We praise. Thank you, Lord. I don't see it. I don't know where it's going to come from, but God is able to make all grace abound towards us. We had such a great time on Thursdays when we pray for the sick. Brother Jerry, you know Brother Jerry, he had knee surgery on one knee, and he was going to have to have surgery on the other knee. We prayed for him. He started walking, put down his cane, and he walked like I've never seen him walk before. He kept believing. He God is there with him and for him. If you have healing that you need in your bodies, give me a call. Come Thursday at 2 o'clock, and we'll pray for you, and we'll see God work. God wants to work. He's waiting to work in our behalf. Praise God. So Jesus said, I have given you the victory. Be of good cheer. Amen. Now, you might say, well, you know, sometimes I mess up. And is God holding that against me? Well, I'll relate a story to you, you know, the Battle of Jericho. This was the Battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. This was the Battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. That, that was a good victory, right? All the children of Israel shouting, oh, great, we've got it under control. Then they go to the next city, Ai, a little small town, and they didn't take all their people because they figured, we'll wipe them out. But they went there, and they got wiped out. They went running home and asked Joshua, what happened? What, what went wrong? He goes, I don't know. Let me talk to the Lord. He talked to the Lord, and what happened was there was sin in the camp. A guy named Achan did a, a silly thing, silly, stupid thing. You know what stupid thing is? It's, it's a, it's a not-so-smart decision or action. And God told him, when you go to Jericho, wipe everything out. Burn everything, destroy everything, kill everybody, just wipe it out. Don't bring anything home. But Achan, what's wrong with him? He said, I see a little bit of what I want over here. I'm just going to take it home. Nobody will know. It won't hurt anything. And isn't that what we do sometimes? I'll just watch this little TV show, or I'll just hang out with this person, or I'll just do this little thing. It's just a little sin. It ain't going to hurt anything. But God saw it, and he said, there's sin in the camp. You guys need to eradicate it. So they went to the children of Israel, and they lined up all the tribes, and they went one by one to find out which tribe was the one that committed a, a sin. And so they narrowed it down to Achan's family, and then they narrowed it down to Achan, and they went to him and said, now give God glory and tell us what you did. And he said, I, I, I messed up. I sinned. I, I, I got some stuff, I got some silver, I got some garments, I put them in my stuff. I, I didn't think anybody would notice. He said, okay, that's good. I'm glad that you admitted to your fault. And I would think they would say, okay, you know, you, you confess your sin, that's good enough. But not in the Old Testament. Mm -mm. <laughs> you mess up like that. You know what they did? They stoned him. They took him out, his sheep, his oxen, his cattle, all of his people, all of his belongings, they put him in the middle of the field. They stoned them all. And guess what after that? They burned it. Wiped them out. Say, ain't got that around. That's what we have to do with our sin. We have to burn it. We have to stone it. We have to get it, rid of, get it out of our lives so that we can live peaceably with God and he can come and bless us and habitate with us. Praise God. So after that, Joshua says, well, I'm kind of a little scared about going out and fighting after what had happened, God said, don't, no, no, no. It's okay. We, all is forgotten. All is forgiven. You eradicated the sin. And go and take the city. And here's what he says. Ready for this? He says, see, I have given you the city. What was God doing? He was looking into the future. And he said, it's already done. It's already been accomplished. He's looking into your life and said, be of good courage. Go forth. I've already given you the victory. I've already settled the situation. You ever had that situation where at night, I, I can remember when I was at work, and I would do something, and I'd go, oh, no, I'm going to pay for this one. <laughs> oh, no, Lord, you got to deliver me. Oh, help me, Lord Jesus. And I would wake up, and in the morning, everything was solved. Everything was settled. God had taken care of it while I was sleeping. Praise God. So he said, be of good courage. He says, I have commanded you 
to be of good courage. I want to do that to you today. I command you to be of good courage. Believe that God is going to work in your behalf. Don't worry about what you have done in the past. Ask for forgiveness. Believe that he's going to be with you. And you can overcome every situation, every trial. Because why? God is with you. Have I not commanded you to be uh, uh, victorious? So why, why can he make us victorious? We are created in his image. None of his creations were created in his image. Only us. We're able to speak to situations. We're able to take over and, and uh, not, the, not dominate, have dominion over the works of his hands. That's what God has called us to do, to have dominion. We're in charge. He's given us authority in this earth. We as Christians, believers in Christ, no matter what we're facing, believe that God is going to give us the victory. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and ask the Lord to impart to us victory in our hearts. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you that as we come before you, we can say with confidence that you are with us, that you said that we can thank you before it happens, that thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph and that we are more than conquerors to them who love because you love us so much. So, Father, I just thank you. Whatever situation we're facing, we lay it at your feet right now. We ask you to bear this burden with us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, that you are touched with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses, and you're able to bring us strength and tenacity to overcome. So we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen. Now, if you have not accepted the Lord, if you had not put him on your side, you can ask the Lord to come in and adopt you into his family. Isn't that nice to know that God said, you can be a part of my family. You can put aside all those things that you had done in the past, get a clean slate as if you've never sinned. He throws your sins into the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember them anymore. So if that's you and you say, I need to accept Jesus in my heart, repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for Jesus. He died on the cross, paid the price for my sins, I receive him into my heart right now. I ask you for your forgiveness. And I thank you that he walks with me every day of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now you might say, you know what? I accepted the Lord, but I let some things get in like Achan. I let some things slip in. I need to uh, cast those things aside. If that's you, just repeat after me. Say, Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I need help in my situations. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins that I have committed previously. Wash me clean as snow and be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed either one of those prayers, you can contact us on our website that we show below here. New Heart for You. Contact. Give us a call. Type us in a message so we can pray with you, be an encouragement to you, and see God work in your life. If you need prayer for healing or any personal situation, call us at that number, 626-332-1472. Leave a message and we'll get back to you. and We'll see God work a victory in your life. Amen. Thanks for being here today at the church. We're going to worship one more song before we leave today. Who breaks the power of all the darkness? Who loves the mighty, much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. So hold in holy thunder who leaves us breathless and all in wonder the king of glory the king of all the king this is amazing grace this is unfailing love 
me. Isn't that right? That's what he's done. Who brings the chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The king of glory. The king of all the kings. Rules the nations in justice. In all of his brilliance, the king of glory, the king above all kings. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy your Sunday, everybody.